9 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. A couple things to talk about today. Are you concerned about uh, where the University of Colorado football program is right now with some players decommitting, only having eight commits for this year's early signing period, which is coming up December 20th. The finish to the season for Colorado. Losing Sean Lewis. That, that was... Look, I, I think a lot of Coach Prime and what he's done, he handled that extremely poorly. That was a I'll terrible... I any other way to say it. Terrible decision on his part to, to do that. I don't and think now, there's a yeah. different way to say that that's FCC friendly. He screwed it up. Yeah. He, and now Sean Lewis is the coach at San Diego State. And that's a tremendous offense in mind that they're losing. Mm-hmm. And now who comes John, in? too. Yeah. Now, Kent State did a nice job. They were one of the top offenses in the country. Did a great job turning that program around. That was a one-win program when I believe he got there. And then uh, they've had some lean times since he yeah. departed. And so, it's a big loss. I, I just think Coach Prime sometimes relies too much on the NFL part of it. Mm-hmm. It seemed like the thing with Pat Shermer. Well, he's a guy that, that's been an OC in the NFL. Not a very good so, one. Not so what? Not a very good one. Yeah, if he's been a, he has a pro football mm. reference page. You should go look at it, and then after you're done throwing up, you realize Sean Lewis is probably the better guy. Yeah, numbers certainly bear that out, didn't yeah. they? Of what it looked like when Sean Lewis, roughly 35 points per game, 400 yards of total offense, to about 20 points per game mm-hmm. with Pat Shermer running the thing. It was awful. Yeah, and then also. Buckeye saw one of his favorite bands, Exodus, yeah. this week. Who would you like to see come to town that's realistic? It's not going to be you 2 not going to be the Rolling Stones. I mean, anybody like that. Ruining my dreams. No, I'm just kidding. You're right. But a realistic band that could come to town. Because we've had some some pretty good names here. I mean, obviously, Country Jam has mm-hmm. a, a great uh, roster of big-name country acts that come to town. Yeah. But we've uh, we've had, like, George Thorogood in town, Incubus... Everclear. Um, there's you know been uh, also, um, gosh, uh, the Wallflowers, Jacob Dylan, Bob's kid. Mm-hmm. Bob Dylan's been here. Grand Junction, great to be here. Sorry, it's Grand Junction, right? Oh. We had BB King here. BB, yes. Uh, Allegedly, before he passed. Yes, no offense. Yes, it was. Probably comes a point where get to that stage of your career that mm-hmm. you probably should not be on the stage. Yeah. But he was. All right. So 903, we've had, uh, what, uh, Steve mentioned The Cult, which I that's a great band. Love The Cult. Yeah. Love Removal Sheen's a great song. Um, I mean, they, they, they have a ton of great songs. And uh, Matchbox 20 from Jamie sent that one in as well. All right. So uh, 903, you can text or call us. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. We have not forgot... Coming up, we'll have the Piles' favorite game on a Thursday, which is just a very busy 8 o'clock hour. Yeah, it was very busy. pretty loaded there. Very busy hour. All right, time to talk a little Fruto Monument Wildcats boys basketball with head coach Michael Wells. Talking Fruto Monument Wildcats sports on the Jim Davis Show. And Michael Wells brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Joins us on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, Michael Wells. Good morning, Michael. How are you? 
I'm good, guys. How are you? Doing well. Great to have you back with us once again. I believe the last time we spoke on our program was uh, you just uh, taking over the job after uh, Jake Higuera stepped down. And I guess uh, take us through uh, where this team is from where you, you took over initially to, to getting ready for your first game of the season as the Wildcats boys head coach uh, later on today. Well, I think the best way to characterize it is is there's been a lot of growth on both sides, you know, for the guys and for myself. Um, you know, Jake did a great job with this program and, and has been a great coach in this Valley for, for a long time. And, um, you know, I, I, I can't tell you how different our programs are, though. Um, obviously, there's different ways to do things well. And so, you know, we've had to evolve a lot. Um, not only as players, but even me as a coach. You know, I made the comment, I think, in the paper that, you know, I was only out of it for one year, but it felt like 10. You know, and I think something something that has to do with that is, you know, I hadn't coached guys since back in junior college in oh, maybe 06, 07. And so, um, you know, I had, I had evolved my coaching style, you know, over the years, um, you know, in college and high school with the girls. And, and they're just a, a bit of a different animal. And so, you know, I've had to kind of relearn some things. I've had to, um, you know, adjust my system a little bit. We've got some tremendous talent, and i gotta, I got to let them play a little bit um, where I'm typically more of a structured guy. And so, you know, I, I think we had some challenges early on in the, in the summer and, you know, just some bumps along the road, obviously, as, as we've grown. But at the end of the day, um, progress and – and I guess we get to find out how much tonight. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking with Michael Wells, Fruit of Monument Boys basketball coach. Or course, uh, guy to the Wildcat girls to a tremendous amount of success. Uh, seven 5A Sweet 16 appearances, two trips to the grade eight, um, a slew of Southwestern League titles as well uh, during his time as the Fruit of Monument girls coach. And a guy that's been there for uh, a lot of that ride, Mark Vanna. You've got Mark uh, on the bench again. What does it mean to have a guy that you can trust, you know, it's such a good sounding board and a guy's coaching this valley uh, for a long time, uh, like Mark. Well, it's it's invaluable to me, and and I honestly probably wouldn't have taken the job if he hadn't agreed to come on board. Um, you know, for for me personally, as as someone I met when I first came to the valley, valley, and just someone that you know I consider one of my one of my good friends. Um, you know, it's hard coaching your kids. It's really hard coaching your kids, and and he had done that. Um, through a number of years in the past and you know we we really work well together Um, you know I I call him the best rodeo clown in the business because his job is to keep me away from him um, you know during the game and and you know I'm able to communicate what I need to say to him um, you know without without being on him and, and being too hard on him throughout the course of the game and and Mark's really good about communicating that message but also understanding um, you know, where I need to be as dad and coach and where that line of separation is. And, you know, with Jet being on the team, it, it really wasn't something I was interested in doing initially. But, you know, as we talked through some things and Mark agreed to come on, you know, it just made sense for us to get together again. And, you know, hopefully we can continue that relationship for a while here. Michael Wells, the uh, Fruit of Monument Boys basketball coach with us uh, today on the Team Sports Network. Uh, last year, uh, it was a league championship. Uh, it's a very successful season, 21-3 and three for the Wildcats, uh, making the, the postseason with Jake Aguirre as a head coach. Uh, so we've talked about uh, Daniel Thomason before. Uh, he made the list of the Denver Post's 30 players to watch in the state, the only Western Slope kid that, that made that list. He averaged uh, almost 14 points per game 
and did average seven rebounds per contest last year. So I know Daniel uh, decided to step away from football, uh, you know, a season before uh, last and, and focused on, on basketball and, and, and playing on some elite teams and things like that. But uh, a guy that you're going to count on once again to be the heart and soul of this basketball team, to be the anchor, uh, particularly up front. But he's also a guy that can, can do a lot of damage from the perimeter as well. No question. I mean, obviously, he's going to be who makes us go. And, and uh, you know, there's no doubt about that. The, the challenge we have is everybody else knows it, too. And so, you know, how can we use the pieces around us to supplement what Daniel does? And, you know, I was fortunate to be able to watch him a lot this summer because him and Jeff played on the same summer team. And, you know, the, the unique part about Daniel is, is we don't have a lot of height on our squad, so we need him to fill a certain role for us. You know, and in the club world, and probably what he's going to need to play in college, he's you know he's going to need to be outside more, and so he's really worked hard over the summer in that to to refine that game on the outside, and you know hopefully we can use him in both both capacities to to be successful for us, and um, you know the the one thing we can't do is just put it all on his shoulders. You know he's very capable of of taking us there, but. You know, between Jet and Max and, and Austin, we've got some other guys that gotta gotta carry some of the load this year. You know, I think with some of the guys that that we graduated and and you know some of the guys that you know chose not to be a part of what we're doing this year, um, you know, our depth is very different than we had in the past. And so, you know, we're gonna have to be smart and really efficient with the with the guys we have, and you know, just hopefully. Hopefully Daniel can carry us, but, you know, we can take some of the load off of him for sure. Well, and Austin Reed had a really good season last year, uh, nine points per game and uh, 1.3 assists per contest as well. And so uh, he had a good season last year. And then you mentioned your son, Jet, who's now a sophomore. Uh, I thought Jet was great off the bench last year, played like he was a junior or senior, averaged almost uh, nine points per game, uh, did a really nice job in terms of what he did defensively. Uh, with almost uh, two steals a game. Where do you feel like you've seen Jet make his uh, biggest progress from freshman to, to sophomore campaign? And, you know, the thing the thing we've challenged him with a little bit is, you know, last year he was great about coming off the bench and giving that, you know, team a little energy and a little juice. And, and you know, he could be pretty aggressive from a defensive standpoint, maybe had a few extra fouls to give or could be a little bit more of a risk taker, which he just doesn't have the luxury to do you know, this year in the starting lineup, um, you know, and that sort of thing. But, you know, similar to Daniel, outside of the time he missed when he broke his wrist, he played a lot of basketball this summer. And he was continuing to evolve, you know, as a basketball player, but really working, you know, with me over the summer and, and getting a lot of coaching from his sisters just about how to run the team and our system and, and you know, from a point guard position, being being able to get us in the right spots and the right things. So a, a lot of his side has been, you know, as much a mental part of the game as as everything. And you know, getting a, getting used to playing for dad and some of that sort of stuff. So you know, it's uh, as I'd mentioned earlier, it's a growing experience for all of us. And and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we see some good parts of it tonight. Yeah, Jets going. Geez, now now I've got my sisters telling me what I should be doing. And, and uh, best of luck to Kylie, by the way, later on today, uh, 5 o'clock for the CMU women taking on UCCS. A little uh, shout-out to her. Yeah, I told her this morning before I left, I gave her a hug, and I said, hey, I can be there for about 30 minutes, so I'm going to need you to score early so we can get this deal done and I can get get to the game. So it's been fun to watch their ride, and, and hopefully they can keep it rolling a little bit. Absolutely. Michael Wells, uh, Wildcats boys basketball coach with us on the Team Sports Network. You mentioned Max Orchard, who, like Austin Reed, uh, both seniors this year. Max uh, 
this tournament last year, uh, Michael played really well. Uh, I believe he's made the all-tournament team last year. Averaged almost nine points per game last season. So uh, Max hoping to build on what he did last year. Yeah, you know, Max Max works hard as anyone we have. I mean, I, I have to kick him out of the gym 30, 40 minutes after practice because um, he just wants to stay and shoot. He wants to learn. You know, he doesn't have all the greatest physical tools in terms of speed and, and some of those sorts of things, but he's, you know, he's really kind of a student of the game. He just, he understands, he understands angles, he understands leverage, and he understands, you know, just how to guard and, and how to get a shot and, and those sorts of things. And just testament to his work ethic and, and his attitude. And, you know, we, we need his role to increase just as long, as much as we do, you know, Austin's or, or Jets or anybody else's. And, um, you know, I, I don't think there's anybody more prepared to get this thing going than Max is right now. You referenced you had some players that decided to uh, to not stay with the program. And I think sometimes you see attrition like that happen. You see a change in, in, in the coaching staff, maybe change in philosophy. And I guess for you, 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 you I think, uh, I don't know what the exact number is. I've heard five. But but what is, I mean, that is something that, that does happen. Sometimes players just don't fit that philosophy or whatever they don't see that working for them and they, and they move on it's just kind of the the natural progression sometimes when you bring in a different coach and a, and a, and a different philosophy no doubt i mean everybody has to make decisions that are best for them um you know and, and what they need to accomplish in life you have that attrition anytime at any level you have a coaching change um we certainly respect you know, people doing what's best for them. You know, unfortunately, it's not like the transfer portal where I can just go get a bunch of guys. Um, you know, but but we've got good players throughout all levels of this program, and, and we're certainly grateful for what we got. And, and we're going to use those resources and, and the things that we have to, to make them better. And, you know, our, our team will look much different this year, but um, I like where we're at. You know, I, I think we're a little undersized compared to – compared to most and, and compared to what we were last year, but I've been undersized my whole life um, in all of our programs. So it's certainly something I'm comfortable playing that direction. I don't know how it translates to the guys game necessarily as much, um, but you know, we're, we're certainly going to figure it out and it, it may not be perfect and it may not be pretty early, um, you know, but you know, I think coach K famously said years ago, you know, this is the primary, the elections in March and there aren't going to be any playoff spots handed out, you know, this weekend. And we've got to work towards, towards the end of February when those things come out. Michael Wells for the Monroe Wildcats boys basketball coach with us on the team sports network. Uh, it's Castleview tonight. First night of the Warrior challenge out at central. Uh, they already have a game under their belt. Uh, they beat Brighton 58 to uh, 27. They got up at one point, 25 to eight and pretty much cruised from cruised from that standpoint, Evan McKean for them, 18 points. Uh, they also had a, a good night uh, from uh, uh, Vittorio Dante, who had 17 points. What's the scouting report on uh, Castleview, your first game as the head coach of the Fruto Monument Boys basketball team? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're a really good team. Um, they've got a new coach. They're doing, doing a lot of different stuff compared to what they had last year. And, and those two guys certainly, you know, make the team go. Um, you know, they don't shoot it as great as some of the teams will play this year. Um, you know, I also had an opportunity to watch their foundation game against Lutheran. And, you know, there's some things I think we can do from a zone perspective and a pressure perspective that I think um, has challenged them a little bit in the things that I've seen. Um, but one thing that we're going to – it's going to be a common theme for us is they have great size. And so we've got to do a good job on the boards. 
you know, we've got to, it's got to be more than just Daniel. You know, we've got to have guards rebound. Um, you know, the McKean kid, he shot 15 free throws the other night. So, you know, that tells me he's going to put his head down and get to the basket. So, with the new free throw rules and that sort of thing, we got to keep him, we got to keep him out of the paint. We got to not foul him. Um, and so, you know, we spent a little bit of time on them, but, you know, trying not to overload the guys too terribly much because uh, I, I feel like we got to we got to be good at what we do right now. Um, and you know, we've tried to build what they do into our practice plans and the things we've been refining. And and those are two guys we definitely got to pay attention to. It'll be a good challenge for us and, and a good early season game. All right, so that game tonight, uh, first night of the Warrior Challenge for the monument takes on Castleview at eight o'clock. And of course, on Saturday, we'll have all four of uh, the, the final games of the uh, Warrior Challenge right here on the Team Sports Network, starting the pregame at eight thirty on Saturday morning. Before I let you go, we had Corey Hitchcock on from Palisade, and I was saying, "Hey, he's the he's the king of local high school basketball media." And he said, "Wait a minute, Michael Wells." And I was like, "You're you're a big X guy, and I'm probably not into X as much as." As I, I mean, check things out on Facebook. I see Corey always putting things on Facebook. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have hounded the crown to him, Michael. I shouldn't have done that. That's a mistake on my part. Can we just make both hey. of you guys the co-kings of, of hey, high school basketball I, I social to, media? Yeah. I talked to Corey yesterday, and I heard that nonsense he was saying. I, I don't even have the energy to keep up with Corey. <laughs> You know, we try and do a little. We, we try and do a little to promote our program and our guys, but uh, there's nobody that does it better than Corey. Um, I love seeing all of his stuff. You know, the energy and the way he promotes his guys, and and I don't know that there's anybody having more fun coaching high school basketball than Corey. Um, but yeah, it's not even close. Oh, you're just Corey's you're just gonna hand the crown to him. I thought, wait a minute, Michael Wells' competitor. I thought I thought there'd be a challenge here. I thought there'd be a little bit of, hey, you know. Uh, you know, I do my thing on social media. I'm I'm always posting. I'm I'm tweeting stuff. I'm doing things. Uh, no, you're you're just going to give it to him. I'm I'm known you a long I, time. I'm a little surprised. To, I try to be reasonable about <clears throat> stuff. And if we're honest, half the time I have to ask either Jet or my kids to help me post stuff. So uh, I don't want to be something that I'm not. You know, we we try and promote our kids, but I'll give that one to Corey, and hopefully I can. I can get a win on the basketball court maybe later this year. I don't know about that. I, I so. yeah, this we'll much. check in with you on January 17th. <laughs> you played yeah. them the night before. Yeah, that. there we yeah. go. Yeah, we'll, we'll check in on, on right before that and see who's got uh, more social media posts. Because I know, like, Sedanich <laughs> and Dutch, they're, they're not even going to – no. <laughs> no. It's a, t- <laughs> a two-horse two race. I know both of them are like, nah, I don't, I don't care about that. Very thankful to get texts back from those two guys. <laughs> Very thankful, yes. We're very thankful to get texts back from them. Hey, Michael, uh, looking forward to seeing what you do with uh, the boys' basketball team at Fruita. Best of luck tonight against Castleview. Always great catching up with you. Sounds good, guys. Thank you. All right, take care. Michael Wells, coach of the Fruita Monument boys. veteran coach. You don't want to go out and, you know, Bulletin board Pug- pugilist with the guy you got to see in two months yeah. or a month and a half, you know. And I was telling, I was telling uh, you know, Corey yesterday, I mean, in another year, you guys are going to be league opponents. Yeah. It's gonna, gonna be, it's, gonna, it's, it's gonna, gonna you know, get it's, tight. Yeah, it's gonna get tight. Palisade joins the Southwestern League That'll after the season. I, it's gonna be great. I heartily applaud that move. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's good for for area basketball for Western Slope. It's it's good for for Montrose mm-hmm. to have a closer team to play in in league, another league opponent to play. You know, it's it's good for everybody I'm involved be in the Valley up too. too. If they keep the Palisade place Thursday night games, because. With our uh, deal with CMU, it's hard to kind of 
get all those covered when they play only on Friday nights. Yeah, so that is the uh, Tuesday, the, Thursday. That would help us us out a that lot. That is a challenge of uh, of covering Colorado Mesa. That I'm not we just we saying, I'm saying we love covering the Mavericks, but we also love covering high school mm-hmm. and. Sometimes it's a little tough because we have to make a make a decision. On and there's, you know, only like four people around <laughs> around our two and a half people on the sports staff. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes it a little more challenging yeah. as well when we're, uh, yeah, a little. I'm not uh, a stretcher, per- and we get stretched pretty thin. Absolutely. All right, nine twenty, and uh, once again, the the Warrior Challenge starts today out at uh, Central High School, and uh, three thirty tip uh, for Grand Junction Rifle. By the way, it's the first game of the day. So uh, get out there and check it out. Nice All right. matinee, afternoon style. Yeah, exactly. All right, so on the team tonight, though, we'll have a Thursday night football, Seattle-Dallas. It starts at 530. Okay, 921. It's time to play the Piles. Favorite game on Thursday, finally, here in the 9 o'clock hour. Yes. We're getting to it. Up for grabs today is a case of New Belgium, courtesy of our friends at High Country Beverage. couple things to keep in mind. We take our answers on the text line only, 970-242-1340. Text us your answer. If you are under the age of 21, do not participate because you can't pick up and claim the beer. You cannot imbibe. If you uh, have won any time in the last two weeks on the team, you're in our moratorium and you are not eligible. I see Ruben's thing the other day. Yeah. Yeah. I just said no, Ruben. I'm sorry. It's too bad. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, dude. That's unfortunate. Yep. So I had to go. Nope. Sorry, we're not going to do that. Yeah, two week moratorium. He is, handled it well. He yeah. took it. He took it well. It's loosely how we define it. Any given time, depending on, you know, your contributions to the show and uh, how much we like you. Just kidding. No, it's a two week moratorium. It's in the rules. Read the rules. It's there. And uh, if you don't want the prize, don't play for it. You know what I mean? It's like you want a brand new car. I don't want the car. All right. Well, then walk then, home. Then, why, then so, why did you why did you yeah. participate? Then? All right. So we're looking for this famous athlete, and some baffling stats and stories are still being told about this late baseball player. For instance, he had more assists in four years as a college basketball player than strikeouts as a twenty-year major league baseball player. Five ninety-six to four thirty-four. In twenty-four hundred and forty games, this man struck out twenty-nine times with a full count. For perspective, Ryan McMahon struck out 35 times in 152 games this season in the same situation. Oh. So we're looking for the other one. Who is it? All right. So first correct answer. Once again, must be 21 or older. If you've won the last two weeks, don't play the game. Or if you don't want the prize, which is a case of New Belgium mm-hmm. beer from Mike Entry Beverage, don't play either. Text your answer in right now to the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 926. Thanks for joining us, Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name. And automobiles, you can text or call us, 970-242-1340. Are you concerned about where the Buffalo's football program is right now? Because it started out with the exciting signing of Deion Sanders as the head coach and bringing in both uh, Shadur and Shiloh Sanders. They get out to the the first four wins, big win over TCU, last year's national championship runner-up. Take down Nebraska, take down Colorado State, get a couple of rivalry wins. 
And then things start to come unhinged. The defense starts to kind of play better toward the, the end of the season, but never great. Offensive line is terrible. Sean Lewis, the offensive coordinator, did a great job orchestrating this offense after the UCLA game where Shadur Sanders got the snot beat out of him. They decide to demote him and let Pat Shermer, one-time Broncos OC, be the uh, play caller. That mm-hmm. was disastrous as yes, they lost their last four. And so Sean Lewis leaves to now become the head coach at San Diego State. Not to say that he wouldn't have gone anyway. Because he was a head coach before at Kent State, wanted to be head mm-hmm. coach again, I'm sure. But you, you, you can't tell me that what happened with his demotion didn't make him go, I'm looking to get out of here. That that publicly humiliated him. And there was no reason for that. There was no reason to sit him down as the play caller for this football team. And, and, and that's going to be, I think that's going to be one of the things that follows Coach Prime for the entirety of his coaching career. And I don't think he really cares, which is unfortunate. The two words you said, public humiliation. He did it to every kid that they sent out. And now he's done it to at least one assistant coach that we know of in Sean Lewis. Like, you get demoted for a guy whose numbers are half as good as yours. And what was the reason for it? He doesn't coach the offensive line. That's Bill O'Boyle who coached at Chadron mm-hmm. and was here at Mesa. That's that's the guy, if you want to blame poor offensive line play, yeah. maybe Bill O'Boyle's the guy you need to talk to. Not Sean Lewis. But that's just, that's kind of going to be the... The track of Coach Prime's tenure is always the undercurrent of not bothering with avoiding the humiliation of the people that are working and playing for him. You know, and there's there's names that have been mentioned. Byron Leftwich, your old coach, Hugh Jackson. Mm-hmm. There are names that have been floated out there. Warren Sapp's going to join the, the, the uh, program next year as a coach. Oh, super. Coach on the defensive line, yeah. At least that's what Coach Prime says. And so, I don't, I don't, as long as it's not Pat Shermer, as long as it's not, but I, why do you, why did you force this breakup? It doesn't, it didn't make any sense. Did not make any sense at all that he would basically put the blame on, yeah. on Sean Lewis for Shadur getting smacked around. It feels like, there is a little bit of glory split. Like, Coach Prime comes in, but man, look at Sean Lewis's offense. This thing is fun to watch, and Coach Prime is here, and his boy's the quarterback, but man, Sean Lewis's offense, and after six weeks, Coach Prime was like, nah, I'm done with that. I'm done with hearing about this guy's offense. And I fully believe that Coach Prime would sacrifice wins to keep the credit for the wins himself. And I hope he wouldn't be that kind of guy, but it's certainly, I, I can't argue with, with what you're saying, mm-hmm. that it has a bad feel to it. It has a feeling of, ah, this guy's getting a lot of credit for our success. Because he has no problem calling people he treated poorly quitters. You know, so that's just, that's my personal feeling, and that's how I believe. I may be wrong. But that's, that's and I'm a little more pro Coach Prime than you are, and, and I I don't think what you're saying is incorrect or out of line. I it makes no sense to me of why 
where you next year, Sean Lewis as your OC, mm-hmm. where you go out, you, you, you hopefully improve the offensive line play. Maybe, maybe it's Bill O'Boyle not right. being the offensive line coach. Bring Maybe Mike Munchak wants to come in and work mm-hmm. with this offensive line. He gets some, it's tough to get guys in the portal, offensive linemen, but maybe you find, hit on a couple of guys and you're able to turn this thing around from, from an offensive line standpoint and you protect Shadur better in 2024. But now he's going to have another offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. different guys going to come in. And what does that look like? And it can't be Pat Shermer. Oh, and, and, he can. And Deion Sanders has to, he cannot be so, so blind and so arrogant to go, oh, if you give Pat, if you give Pat a full off season, it'll be different. Broncos did that. They absolutely did that. I don't care that he's got an NFL resume. Does not matter. If that's the thing that Coach Prime likes about, about Shermer, well, then he's, he's dead wrong. There's a ginormous gap between resume and success. You could have worked at a lot of places. Yeah. But if you weren't, maybe there's a reason you worked at a lot of places because you mm-hmm. weren't very good. If you worked at Taco Bell and Burger King and McDonald's and they all fired you, that doesn't mean, wow, he's got a great fast food resume. <laughs> no, he's really good at getting fired. He's good, good at getting fired. You know, he was the offensive coordinator in St. Louis and they were 29th in yards, 32nd in points. They got better up to 26th in each category. Then he was the head coach in Cleveland for two years. Offensive mind, Pat Shermer, 30th and 24th. Then in Philadelphia, he had a really good team to work with, fourth and third. And then out after that, it's been 10th or worse. Yeah. What offensive mind? <laughs> He's had just enough success that people keep thinking, oh, I could do that here. I could do that here. Remember what he did in Philadelphia? He could do that here. Like we did in Minnesota, Case mm-hmm. Keenum. Well, he could do that here. And that's why he keeps getting hired by, by anybody. Right. Remember what he did in Philadelphia with a, at one point, was going to be Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles and Michael Vick? He doesn't have that. He never had that around. He could not coach up players. He could ride on very good players to great players' coattails, but he couldn't elevate players with his coaching. Yeah. He's an albatross as a coach. No offense. Absolutely. And so you got you got this going on with Colorado and what the offseason looks like. And and Coach Prime is you know, his final press conference of, of this season, you know, talking about how they're they're gonna, you know, hit the portal and they're gonna recruit and it's next year big things are coming. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they hopefully things are because it is a, a dramatic improvement over last right. year. We talked about that in hour one. While we're smacking around a little bit like a pinata here. Going from one to four wins and having just two games where you're just absolutely blown out as opposed to what it was last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were on the verge of being a six-win team, maybe even being a seven-win team. They yeah. were that close. The the loss to to Stanford when they were up by twenty nine at halftime, game they should have never lost. You know the 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 loss. Um, you know the loss at Utah mm-hmm. it was twenty six seventeen. It wasn't like they just got blown out close close loss uh, at home to Arizona which has turned into a really good football team yeah and you, I've been saying it for years I've saying it gone back to when Pat Shermer was the offensive coordinator at Denver one score games are coaching 
and I firmly believe that. If you win or lose a one-score game, it's because you outcoached or got outcoached. One-score game to USC, Arizona, Stanford, Arizona, they won. The USC was 12 points. Oregon State, Arizona, Utah, all one-score games. And USC game, they were down big, but fought mm-hmm. their way fought back, their way they, back. Thanks, thanks to their offense. Their defense couldn't hold a 29 nothing lead against Stanford, and that's Sean Lewis's fault. Or look at the one-score games early. They beat TCU on the road. They beat a game Colorado team or Colorado State team at home. Those are one-score games that they yeah. won. Once they demoted Sean Lewis, they started to lose one score. But, but the game. Stanford game was also the one where they started going for it on fourth down in the second half, too. It was like, what are you doing? And that, that's but isn't that De- a coaching that's Dion. Yeah. That's that's not that's Sean a game Lewis. Management issue. That's that's the head coach making those decisions. Either telling him to go for it or allowing him to go for yeah. it. Because you get Either him, no. way, it's on Coach Prime. If you're the head coach, you go, No, we're not doing that. We're we're punting, we're gonna play defense. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do. We're and not I wouldn't getting... be surprised if he calls Sean Lewis a quitter at some point, too, because he told 80 players that we're not going to keep you around. There's no way you're going to make the team. You might as well leave. And as soon as they're out the door, it's like, hey, they quit. What do, what do you want me to do? They're quitters. Like, come on now. Yeah. Uh, today, by the way, Sports Illustrated, they've named their sports person of the year. Did they do it or did the AI people that write for them do it? I'm seen this article in the Denver Post. So oh, okay. Did you see the, the Sports Illustrated thing, though? There are a lot of issues this week because it turns out some of their bylines and writers are AI-generated people that are generating AI stories. Ooh. Yeah. That's right up there with Carissa Thompson making up <laughs> making up comments from coaches. It's mm. not good. At least Carissa Thompson's a real person. But she's just a liar. Well, true. Shading the sides of the truth. I don't know. Uh, that's I don't come know on. She upright if lied, you said but. Coach So and so said this and Coach So and so never said it, in my book that makes you a liar. But you're, li- you're lying that the, he mm-hmm. did not say that. Now, I have not gone back and watched any of her reports to know. But if she goes, well, the team feels they need to be better on third down, because they were one for nine in the first half. That's not lying. But if she said coach so-and-so said. I agree with that. If she's saying that. If she's saying the other, I'm okay with that. Because that's that's fairly factual. And for me. I mean, that's that's okay. Half of those side halftime interviews, if you want to make it up, it's going to be better than what we're going to get anyway. Now she she said she never lied. That she chose the wrong words in her earlier comment. Yeah. Thompson wrote, if a coach didn't provide information she could report at halftime, she would use what she learned and saw herself. But, okay, so here's where you're going. But not attributed to a player coach. Okay, stand corrected on Mm -hmm. that. Because if she did, then to me, that's lying. Right. But, again, that's taking her at her word, which is kind of fluctuating. So I don't know. So all of a sudden you're starting going, wait a minute. uh, Yeah. But there are some of those sideline reports in her defense that – are so stupid simple that but that's why you they're don't worthless. Need to talk to anybody. That's yeah. why they're worthless. That's why the halftime interview for football is worthless. Right. Like, oh, they're averaging two yards per carry. They need to, but they're still within a score. So they need to be more committed to the run. That's the feeling around the team. You know, that's not necessarily wrong or making it no, up. No, but what do you when you attribute it to yeah. somebody though? True. Why well, I, I talked with Coach with 100%. Coach Sean Payton at halftime, and he said we got to start playing better. You're doing a better job against the mm-hmm. run. 
Sean Payton might have said that, but he didn't say yeah. it. He didn't say it to you. You're making it up. You're giving your attributing to him. Mm-hmm. She's saying she didn't do that. And so when and she was I don't on know the if she did or didn't. When, here's the actual comment she made on the Pardon My Take podcast. Quote, I've said this before, so I haven't been fired for saying it, but I'll say it again. I would make up the report sometimes because the coach wouldn't come out at halftime or it's too late, and I didn't want to screw up the report. So I was like, I'm just going to make this up because, first of all, no coach is going to get mad if I say, hey, we need to stop hurting ourselves. We need to be better on third down. We need to stop turning the ball over and do a better job of getting off the field. They're not going to correct me on that. So I'm like, it's fine. I'll just make up the report. So Phrasing's not great. Phrasing, because it, to me it says, because she said, mm-hmm. there's no coach that's going to be mad if I say that. So she's attributing to them. She's not saying, hey, down here on the sideline, it's pretty obvious they got to you know, they got to stop the run. It's your opinion. Right. What she said there was, and none of them are going to get mad if I say that. And which they're means, probably not, but I don't think that means she's attributing every false report to a false quote. I just don't, I don't see that. I don't see what she said in the full context of what she said as a big a deal as some other people. Like, and again, I, if I go back, which I'm not going to, to be perfectly honest, but if it pops up that she said, blah, 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 uh, this coach said, and then it was, she didn't talk to that coach that day, that that's wrong. That is lying and making it up in a fireable offense. What Sports Illustrated is doing, they didn't bother telling anybody these are fake AI-generated headshots of AI-generated profiles. And that's, and that's bad, and that's terrible, that's, and that's, that's flat-out lying. Yeah. By the way, I, didn't, I think we got off. Deion Sanders is your... Yeah, uh, we kind of got off. Okay. Is your SI sport person of the year. bringing it back. Thank you. But, um, but when she makes a comment, though, Buckeye, that no coach is going to get mad if I say this, well, why would he get mad if it's your opinion? He's only going to get mad if you say, he said this. And I have a problem with that. You can't say, you, you might have heard me say that once upon a time, but I didn't say it in that moment. If I said it about a, a game before, blah, blah, blah. Okay, if you want to attribute it to that game in that moment, fine. Mm-hmm. But once again, it gets back to sideline stuff's worthless. Yeah. I think it's an absolutely worthless part of a broadcast. I, I, I don't see the, the merit of it. Other than, like in the NBA occasionally, you might mm-hmm. get an assistant coach who's not a bad, you know, or a head coach. Right. They... NBA coaches get it. They gravitate to it more. They're okay with it. They're all fairly worthless. I'm, I just, yeah, and even even those points, yeah. they're not. They're not. There's more there, mm-hmm. meat on that bone, than there is in a, a college or NFL yeah. halftime interview. I, I'm not going to parse her words so much as to what she means by the coach is not. I mean, like, how about me, you just don't the, say that? Don't say it. How about in you just greater, shut up and keep it to yourself? In the greater context, what she's doing, it makes her look I, cool. What, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I don't think Hey, it does. sometimes I'm just riffing and I'm just making, you know, sometimes I don't get them. And why do you bring that up? I mean, other than, and I don't dislike Carissa Thompson. Mm-hmm. She's, she's done a good job on the Amazon the studio stuff she does. But why do you bring that up at all? To me, I liken it to what we would do coming out of halftime. So what are, what are some adjustments? Well, they're two of nine on third down. They need to continue to convert. That's fine. And if that's what she's doing, it's fine. I don't know for certain that she's attributing to a coach, and I can't think we know it based on her saying a coach is not going to get mad. That's but my, what but I'm my thought is when she says, because first of all, no coach is going to get mad if I say, hey, we need to stop hurting ourselves. 
If that's their opinion, how can they get mad? Have you met football? Co- have you met um, coaches in general? Well, I know I've. I've <laughs> there was a thing that happened once upon a time when I used to do a TV show and I made a comment was factual, mm-hmm. and a coach did not like it, and it was a season long yeah thing that we we were we're good now, been good for a long time, right? But didn't like what I said. I just I just think most NFL coaches, coaches are, will uh, use anything like. You turned right on red with no sign. I'm Once again, it's us against the world. I would I would like I would like to know if she if she attributed she now said she didn't. Seems like a lot of beep 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 backing up on this. If she attributed it to somebody, you have to admit that's a problem. Yeah, but I don't know if she did or not. I know I'm, and I'm also not on the. Like, this is the worst thing to ever happen to sign line reporting in the history of the business, which some people are taking that stance. It's like, it's I just don't. I just don't like her being flippant about it. It comes off as flippant. Well, you know, I didn't get to coach, so I just kind of made it up. And mm-hmm. That's the issue, I think. That, it's more, that, that, to me, bothers me more than whether, if she attributed to somebody, I have a bigger problem with that. They're already, the women that do this are already at a disadvantage of being believed. This, that's where... This is the problem. Now, I don't think it has anything to do with football or coaches and or she, anything like that. And it has that. nothing to do with her being a female. It could be a guy who could be mm-hmm. whoever, Quint Kessenick or who I don't care whoever. But I think if it was Quint Kessenick or whoever, it wouldn't get nearly the play because Probably. no one would care. Listen, I, I, I don't know. You're probably right about that. I, I think, though, when it's... It's if it's if you don't know that it's it's just the name's Thompson and you know male female don't know, it still it comes off as very flippant. And I would say if it was if it was a guy for if she was Charlie Thompson, I, I it comes off as flippant and like, well sometimes we just have to make this stuff up. I just have to go on my experience of what coaches have said. I, I just that's the part of saying something behind the scenes in any industry that you don't want to say out loud. What she said happens. It does happen. You just can't say it out loud because people are not going to be able to stomach it very well. And Laura Oakham, who... Oakman, yeah. Or I'm sorry, Oakman, excuse me. I always get her name wrong. Oakman, she was critical of it. And she said, said, you know, we we take time to build trust. And these are the kind of things that that damage, potentially damage that trust. This thing got to be... You just got to keep that to yourself, yourself, Krista Thompson. Just keep it to yourself. All right, so uh, before we take a break here, uh, the uh, Mavericks soccer team in action tonight uh, when they uh, play host to UCCS. Mavericks beat them in the regular season 2-1. Yeah, to one. This time, though, the stakes are really, really big because it's the South Central Region final. And if the Mavericks win this one tonight, 5 o'clock, over at Community Hospital Unity Field, they will uh, take on the winner of Point Loma in Seattle Pacific. They play at 2 o'clock today over at uh, CMU. And so, um, and then the quarterfinal match is 4 o'clock on Saturday with a uh, trip to the Final Four on the line for the Colorado Mesa women. So this is a big one tonight against UCCS, 5 o'clock once again uh, over at uh, Community Hospital Unity Field. And um, as far as uh, the matchup tonight, uh, you have Megan Remick, uh, Maverick head coach, talks about how deep the RMAC is. I mean, look, you've got two teams from the RMAC playing for the South Central Region Championship tonight. Speaks volumes about how good the conference is in women's soccer. It's probably uh, no coincidence that 
the RMAC is so represented in the NCAA tournament. Um, I, in my opinion, it's the strongest conference in the country, the deepest conference. So, um, you know, everyone from our conference is really talented. UCCS is a great, is a really great team. Um, they, they will be a, a really tough battle for us, but we're really excited that, um, as you know, fortunes have gone, we get to host this weekend, um, to host sweet 16 and elite eight games here in grand junction. Um, we're really excited to have these great teams come to our facility and, you know, hopefully get our fans out, um, you know, get the community out to support. Um, cause it's uh, kind of a, a really great thing to have right in our backyard. Yeah, she's so right about that. That uh, it's incredible that a, a championship game, South Central Region finale, with an eventual spot on the Final Four on the line uh, right here in Grand Junction. So um, that is tonight, five o'clock. By the way, over at Community Hospital Unity Field for that one, and uh, you can go and, and and get your tickets online. You can go to uh, the CMU uh, Athletic uh, website to get your tickets for that. Uh, you can also watch it for free on the RMAC Network as well. So uh, that's also. Uh, part of, uh, you know, if you can't make it out there tonight, uh, Mavericks will be playing for the spot uh, tonight, once again at 5 o'clock. Exactly a quarter century for the Mavericks uh, moved this far in the NCAA tournament. They were uh, quarterfinalists in 97 and 98, and back uh, in the NCAA was a 16-team tournament, so the Mavericks started their uh, tournament runs with regional championship wins over Northern Colorado in 97 and Metro State in 1998. So uh, there's... Uh, They've been here before, though it's been, as, as I mentioned, a very, very long time since uh, they were uh, in the spot to uh, have a chance to move on uh, to play in the Final Four. Um, also, you have uh, the Mavericks uh, goaltender. Uh, and I'm, right now I'm fanning on her name. Keely Wazorek. Wazorek, thank you. Keely Wazorek. Uh, on, on facing UCCS, she was on uh, with us uh, yesterday on the program, and Keely Wazorek... Uh, who uh, had seven saves in their win uh, over Mines to get to this uh, South Central Region final, talking about uh, squaring off against some outlines. It's really hard to play an RMAC opponent again because not only have we played them this year, but they've played them forever and ever in the past. So when you play against a team that you know so well, they also know you really well. So, yes, we like look at their plays and we look at what they've done in the past, but you never know what they're going to throw at you, throw at you in the postseason, but it's definitely looking at a lot of film and seeing what we can come up with that can surprise them because as much as we can watch film on them, they can watch film on us. So we know the style that they play and how they play and they're key players. So we'll definitely keep an eye out for that, and we've already started implementing that stuff in practice. All right, we should mention, too, that uh, Savaline Randall and Abby Fortingham uh, named to the D2CCA All-South Central Region teams. Uh, Randall named to the first team and Fotheringham named to the second team uh, for Colorado Mesa. Once again, 5 o'clock tonight over at CMU, Maverick women take on UCCS. We will take a break, and we'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. I'm Libby Pelletier in the News Center. You are listening to the Jim Davis Show on the Team, 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. Welcome back, 953. Jim along with the Buckeye boy. Uh, we have a winner for who is it today? Yes, we do. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. A player who is allergic to striking out, Tony Gwynn. Waylon first in the door. Tony Gwynn, more assists at San Diego State than strikeouts as a San Diego Padre. By 160. Yeah, Guru Gary made that guess. Mm -hmm. uh, Steve did. Waylon first in the door. Dave did. But yeah, Waylon was the first one in the door. 
Uh, Mike from Scottsdale. Uh, entire college system of recruiting and transfers has totally changed. The word commit should be not be used anymore. Pledge maybe. Until a recruit signs on the dotted line, the recruiting process doesn't end. I'm not overly concerned yet. Regarding CU, this is from Andy. Kids change their minds all the time. The biggest question is, to me, why is no one talking about the defensive coordinator? Consistent confusion on that side of the ball and failure to stop anyone. Well, Charles Kelly yeah. deserves deserves some some scrutiny there. I think there's little doubt about that. Mm-hmm. All right, let's, uh, we'll forego this day. Well, let's quickly work in the stay in sports history. That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right, just a couple here. 1971, the TV movie Brian's Song debuts on ABC. Remember who starred in the original? James Conn? James Conn was Brian Piccolo. And nope. And it was Billy D. Williams. Oh, That yeah. was Gail Sayers. Also right. on this day, playing in just his fifth NFL game in 1987, Bo Jackson runs for 221 yards and two touchdowns. Not to go on with the touchdown catch. That's not bad. Not too bad. Nice little debut. All right, that's our show. For today, got anything you want to add here before we uh, say goodbye no. for today? Back with you tomorrow. Cake will be in tomorrow on the program, so make sure you join us tomorrow morning. We'll have our football picks as well tomorrow, right around nine twenty with the Pope. So uh, coming up tonight, we'll have a great Thursday night matchup: Seattle and Dallas, right here on the team. Thursday night football pregame at five thirty for the Buckeye boy. I'm Jim. Have a great day.